Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Ben Levitt. Ben is a Canadian YouTuber, digital marketer, and social media strategist. He's also the founder of Bunny Media, a company that helps businesses leverage social media to increase results and applies modern strategies to their business. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, I'm super happy to, to be on here. I'm excited to, to speak to you today because I think we both can share a lot of knowledge here, so I'm excited. Yeah, the, the reason I got you on is because you're doing really well with, with Instagram, with podcasting, with YouTube, that kind of thing. And you're a young dude, you, well, I'm a young dude as well. And we, we're kind of in the game, surrounded by it, you know what I mean? And sometimes when health professionals are trying to get into this stuff, it's, it's confusing because there's so much bullshit out there about Absolutely. how it works and people teaching things they don't really know. And so I kind of wanted to, to cut through it and just say, what's the stuff that we need to know about YouTube as health professionals, about Instagram, about podcasting to actually grow our business, grow our authority and get more clients. And so I kind of wanted to start off and we'll see how we run for time because I think we could do this for hours, but let's get into YouTube. So how did you get into YouTube yourself? Uh, I know that you've got something like 50, 60,000 subscribers. You also teach it at least with your, your business agency and things. How did you get into YouTube and what's working at the moment for you? For sure. Yeah. So YouTube was definitely a funny path for me. As a, a young kid, I was very, very big into uh, American football. So that's what I played through and through. So that was my life for the most part. But I knew that that had an inevitable end. And my career path afterwards for that was to be a serial entrepreneur. That was something that I, when asked what I wanted to do after football, that's what I, was, I would always say. Mm. And all, I was a huge consumer of YouTube. So I would see these people and I would typically watch a lot of like fitness or business style content. And yeah. I saw these people who were just regular people like myself that would build a, an influence and then transition that into so much leverage to build businesses and so many yeah. different businesses and also build a, a lifestyle around those businesses. So that really intrigued me so much. And, but for a long time, I was still big into football, but uh, it was really one moment that kind of pushed me into it. Cause I had been sitting on the sidelines for so long, no pun intended when it comes to YouTube. And then I finally, I tore my ACL when I was playing football. And like most people do, I went to YouTube looking for answers cause it's a pretty traumatic injury. And while going there, I saw that all the content or the lack thereof, it was all terrible stuff. So I viewed this as my opportunity to really get in the game. It was kind of fate forcing me into getting yeah. into YouTube. So I had just documented my process and this was just more of being in a niche that hadn't been filled yet. So I got tens of thousands of views very, very quickly just because there was nobody else there. So I think mm. that should be the first lesson of this podcast is that just because someone isn't doing it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be someone doing it. So that, that's what I would say is that if there's no one in your market, Maybe you could be the first and take advantage of that. So after doing that, obviously there's a short lifespan of that niche, given that hopefully you don't have to hurt your knee again, right? So it's, it's, you only have so many videos to make. So through doing that, I learned that I really, really enjoyed learning how these social media channels function. And then the building off of that is I really learned how few people truly understand how they function. So I figured that that could be my unique value proposition to the platform mm -hmm. was just being the guy who really understood what worked, but more importantly, why it worked. So that's how I got into YouTube. I started sharing the stuff that I was loving to learn and mm -hmm. it really picked up traction because I knew what I was talking about. So that really, really helped out. I owe so much to YouTube. It's a massive part of my business and I think it will be for a long time to come. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that most of us who, who have had success in, in one way or another, we've kind of fallen into something, we've figured some stuff out and it's been driven by this purpose in us and this drive because then when things don't work or you have struggles, you just figure it out. Whereas yeah. a lot of us as health professionals, we're like, oh, I need to be on social media. I need to do some of that stuff. And because there isn't that drive there, it, it's hard to keep motivated. So this is where knowing what works and what doesn't can kick things off in a way that gets you a reward for your efforts and quickly shows you that, hey, I'm in, in the right track. So 
where do you see, like, I don't know, do you work with many people in the healthcare space with YouTube? Yeah. I actually do have a few clients that are in the healthcare space. And what I think that makes so much sense about being in YouTube is the lifetime sustainability and value or potential value of content. And so what I mean by that is if you post something on Instagram or Facebook, the lifetime of that content is maximum a few days. It's going to dwindle. No one's going to see it unless they come looking for it. The amazing thing about YouTube is that it could be seen by a ton of people for years to come. I have some videos on my channel that I ranked well because I, I did everything the right way and it was a great piece of content that are still bringing people to my channel two, three years later. So yeah. that's the huge benefit because I think a lot of people, they come into it they're like, oh, I just don't see the ROI there. But when you think about it, how this could last for years and potentially be bringing you clients years and years down the road from one upfront bit of work, that's where it can really be an eye-opening thing for people to shift their perspective a bit. Where I see it, and I might be wrong with this, so correct me, but blogging and Google was a big thing, right? Yes. Write a piece of content, give value, it sits there, and years to come, it's going to grow, right? Google acquires YouTube, videos becoming bigger, internet's getting bigger, people are wanting faster information that's more entertaining, YouTube mm -hmm. being what the second largest search platform probably will take over. Well, it probably won't take over Google, but you know what I mean? Because Google will just leverage the YouTube into it. But essentially, right, it's a massive, massive player. And so yes. what happens is people go to these sites to look for stuff. And as we get people become more tech savvy, internet's better, we can stream video. There's this massive opportunity there, uh, especially because it's sometimes harder to get into because anyone can just write a blog. But yes. not necessarily one everyone feels like they can do a video, which means that there's a barrier to entry. And if you're able to overcome that, you've got a huge advantage. How do you see it like that? You're 100% right there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a pretty unique perspective in that, given that one of my best friends is a blogger. I harped on him for so long to get into YouTube. He's like, oh, I don't know. And it's exactly what you're referring to. It was that little bit of barrier to entry. That was enough for him not to start. But then I showed him this one stat, which really like made him get off the, the fence and actually go ahead with it. There are billions of blogs with a B and there are only millions of YouTube channels. So simply through that, you're seeing yeah. how much less competition is already there. Big part of it is because people are afraid to get out there. But once you get in, there's just so much more potential there in my opinion than blogging if you're starting today for sure because and this is stuff that i've learned from speaking with my blogging friend is that the google algorithm changes pretty dramatically consistently making it very difficult to remain at the top spot there's also a lot of upfront cost and ongoing costs to run mm. a successful blog to keep that position whereas youtube it's all free and once you get there, if your video is good and you've done things the right way, you will stay there potentially for years. There are some videos right now that are ranking for very competitive search terms that are like eight, nine years old because mm -hmm. YouTube, all it does is take back user interfaces and, and user feedback and shows people that it's very valuable. And then that way it stays there. So I would advocate for YouTubing over blogging nine times out of 10, to be honest. Uh, in most cases, obviously there's exceptions to every rule. But I would agree with you. It's a lot to do with because people are just afraid to get started. But it's one of those things where everything is awkward or weird or difficult until it's not. And you can only yeah. get there through doing it. I think that what people need to understand with YouTube is that there's a lot of in intent drivers behind it. If you've got solid content that's giving value and people are enjoying it and they're watching the video, YouTube yeah. just cares about showing you the right stuff that you care about because the way they make money is you enjoying YouTube and staying there. I've been saying this for a long time. Facebook's the same way with yeah. ads and whatever. They want you to be there engaging with content because then they can show you ads. And YouTube being a search platform and an entertainment platform, if people are watching your videos, that means there's value there. So 
YouTube's going to show those videos to more people. Whereas with a blog, you can game the system. You pay people to, to rank your, your website and you're constantly paying. Like people say to me, oh, James, I do organic strategy because then I don't have to pay any money for ads. I'm like, yeah, but you're paying some company to, to try and scan the system and then Google hates it. So they change the algorithm. That's why Google changes the algorithm because they want to show the right content, not what you think needs to be at the top. Whereas with YouTube, it's different. And with YouTube, of course, people can watch they're watching the video and YouTube knows how much they're watching, where they're stopping, what's going on, what they're watching next. Whereas with the blogs, Google doesn't track that, right? They don't know how far down the page you've scrolled. Google's not necessarily looking at that in the same way as they're looking at it with YouTube and videos. So it's much easier to actually produce value and get people hooked. And that's why it sticks around nine years later, like you said, whereas a blog article is not going to do that. Not typically. There's two things that I really love that you said there. The first was the word intent. That is a word that is brought up very, very frequently in like my sales or onboarding calls with potential clients, because that is the true essence of the beauty of YouTube. Every person who is finding you is coming with a high level of intent. So your impressions or your views need to be viewed through that lens. They're not a random person. So when you're paying for an ad, there's going to be some wastage. There is little to no wastage just through content marketing on YouTube. That is truly crazy because if you can format the video the right way, which is a big thing that we specialize in, you're targeting it to only be in front of people that could either be potential customers now or down the road. So that is something that I absolutely love that you said. The second thing is that absolutely watch time metrics are the most important thing on YouTube. But I, I will throw one little side piece. None of those watch metrics can happen unless the video is clicked. So while the watch metrics may be the most important thing in the YouTube algorithm, what gets the car going is the click through rate. So people having to actually click that and that is driven through the title and the thumbnail. So I would really argue that the title and the thumbnail are the most important thing because without Hmm. that, the whole thing can't function, but it does come down to great content, but people have to click it first to get that whole ball rolling. Well, especially if it's the first portal of entry into your world later on yes. you can upload a video with just like a period or a full stop and you're going to get views because get they know you. Mm-hmm. but if you're trying to hook people in like think of it uh, for the audience think of it like you know you're putting bait in the water if the bait's more delicious then the fish are going to go for it if once they know there's food there then you can kind of almost throw whatever in the water and they'll probably just eat it because they're already there but to draw them over to you so that you have control of the market so to speak needs to be delicious and so when you're yes. looking at when you're looking at your videos and things your title is hooking them into want to watch the thumbnail is making them intrigued to go what is this thing i'm going to click on it and then the content yeah. itself keeps them which then builds your channel one thing i want to add to this is i think was super important is everyone thinks okay i'm going to put up what a bunch of videos for five years and then maybe i have some traction i need leads now but you don't have to have lots of subscribers and views to make it successful for your business. It just has to be driving traffic to offers that make sense. And this is all the stuff that I teach in my program, but you know, you're driving people to take actions with you. But secondly, you're looking at it in terms of an investment for yourself long-term and how you can provide value to your existing audience. So a lot of what I'm doing with, with YouTube and this podcast and everything like that is not just how do I get clients out of it, but it's how do I add value to my existing audience and say to my clients, Hey, go check this video out that I, that I did. And then yes. through that, it shares naturally and it grows naturally and stuff too. So speak to that. Speak to how you start off with a, with a new channel where you're looking at it and goes, well, how do I'm putting in all this effort. I'm making these videos. How do I, you know, monetize in the sense that remember that my audience, they're, they're people with businesses. They're not looking yeah. for ad sync. Yeah. So that's a big thing why I think it's, there's such a great opportunity is because, so while I said there's millions of channels, the amount of channels that are doing things correctly 
is probably in the hundreds of thousands. It's probably not even in the millions because there are so many people doing it wrong and just blankly throwing darts against a dartboard and hoping mm. that something sticks. There is so much value to understanding how YouTube functions. While you are positioning your product, which I view the videos as like a product, you're positioning it for human beings, but you also have to speak to the computer that is YouTube. If you don't mesh that harmoniously, it's not going to pop, especially if you're a small channel. It just won't because you need to hit both sides. It needs to be compelling enough for a person to click, but it also has to get in front of that person. And you don't do that. It doesn't happen unless you speak to YouTube and check all of their boxes. So that comes down to targeting keywords, putting in the associated metadata, uh, having a captivating title and, and thumbnail and things of that nature. And then another note about YouTube that I would say is a huge opportunity is that generating views through paid advertising on YouTube is also quite inexpensive at the given time. So if you're just looking to get views on the video, you can do that at a pretty cheap rate as well. What would you say, because the, the first question that comes up into my mind that I know that all my clients will be asking is, okay, that's great. I know YouTube's good. I know I need to be on there. I know I need to make some stuff happen. But what the hell do I talk about? And how do I make sure that what I'm talking about is something that people care about to click on, watch, and then take action with? Otherwise, I'm just going to be like everyone else doing neck stretch videos. Yes. And YouTube doesn't need more people teaching yeah. how to do neck stretches. You're totally right. And that my answer to that question would be research before you even film. That's an emphasis that we have at Bunny Media is that what we do is we allow all of our clients to make videos that are in demand based on research and data that's out there through tools that you can leverage to actually see how many people are looking for that. And then there's also market research in terms of your competition, things of that nature, what videos really popped off for other people, things that work typically work for a reason and you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. It's simply just putting your unique spin on a subject or a title, maybe enough to make that also pop. So it really comes down to doing research before you click record. A lot of people get fatigued because they constantly make video after video after video and they aren't successful because one, they didn't do their research and two, it's very likely they're not packaging it correctly, like I mentioned earlier, with mm. all the necessary data points that YouTube is looking for. And it doesn't have to be super, super complicated. It just can be for people at the beginning or they don't have the time, but they don't understand by not doing that piece, they're wasting all the time and effort that went into creating that video. So it really, really is important. Yeah, 100%. Because it's not just content for content's sake. We're trying to create outcomes here. We're trying to get it yes. to rank and show up. So Because ultimately, if, if you're not getting people to see it, then you can't influence those people. That's yeah. why we're creating it. We're not just making videos. Anyone can make videos, right? Yes. Businesses are trying to influence people. So it starts with knowing who your ideal client is and what things matter to them so you can speak their language and you can speak to the pain points. If a person has back pain, but they don't really care about the back pain per se, they care about, well, how do I get more mobile and get back to playing sports and things like that? Then you need to be communicating with that. If you think they care about wellness and they don't care about wellness, they care about, I want my pain gone, then you need to speak to that. And the second level, I'm going a little bit deep here, but in my program, I teach, you've got cold, warm, and hot, and kind of people understand that, that concept with leads, right? Mm. People at the top is just information that they're wanting to engage with. Warm is I'm researching things a bit more and diving a bit deeper, and then hot is like I'm ready to take action. Your content, you have to understand who your ideal client is and where that piece of content fits in with their journey. Because if you're constantly talking about things that information only and not action driving, you might get a whole lot of views, but you're not going to get a whole lot of conversions out of it. If you're only talking about like, come into my clinic, I'm going to solve your problems and no one's there yet, then again, that's not going to work. So it's understanding what you're going into this with and then looking at the outcomes that are happening and thinking, where can I, where can I pivot with it? I think a good point as well is that part of this is to do with entertainment. 
people are on YouTube to be entertained when they're looking at videos. They don't want to listen to a research article just in a video format. They're wanting to connect with you. And I think that once people are connected with you as a personality and, and what you're about, it's a lot easier to, to get them to do things. You don't have to put up the technical videos that show people why you're the best expert in the world because there's plenty of broke experts, as I always say. You have to be the authority and being the authority means being relatable, connected and understanding what they need and communicating it within a way that gets them hooked in because then it's just a matter of saying, think about it this way. If you've got a bunch of clients and they love you, how easy is it to get them to do stuff? Hey, John, I made a new program to teach you A, B, and C. Do you want to join? They say, of course. Hey, John, I think I need to see you next week instead of next month. Okay, sure, because they've already bought into you. And so content needs to be getting people to buy into you as well, not just hard selling why you're technically the best out there because that stuff doesn't work. No one, no. no one cares. No one cares. It's interesting. No, 100%, 100%. I think another thing that you mentioned there that I would love to put a little more emphasis on is that the example you gave there about the back pain, like that just showed that you understood the mind frame that somebody who would potentially be your ideal client would be in and the many different paths that would lead them to you potentially. And either way, the result would be the same. They can come to you from so many different ways. So that's mm. very closely related to your cold. You can have cast a very wide net with different kinds of content, essentially leading them to down the exact same pathway. So that's incredibly valuable and speaks to the different kinds of content that you can create because it's really about getting in the mind of the end viewer and speaking to what you know that they would want and take value from. If you're listening to this and you're taking this serious, what I don't want you to do is look at the video that you see have a whole lot of views and think I need to then do that. Like there's elements of truth to that, see what people are doing. But a lot of the time things are getting lots of views for reasons that the person doesn't understand and definitely you don't understand. And so where I see people get this wrong is they see this stretch for sciatica pain, how to fix sciatica with one stretch. And they think, oh, I'm going to do that too. And it's like that video is shown because that person has a whole lot of followers or it happened to go viral, not mm. because inherently it's a stretch about this thing because there are so many of those things. So it's not just putting out another video on stretches, another video on the thing to do with headaches, but giving insights around the things that people are thinking right now and especially searching right now. So what are some tools that people can use to find out what people are actually looking for so they can create content that's valuable? For sure. Yeah, I'll get to that in one second. So building off the point that you just said there about just looking at the optics of a video and seeing that it was viewed as successful or got lots of views, that can be misleading because like I said before, you can pay for ads to get viewers to your videos and really make it look like you have a ton of views, but somebody paid for them. So don't always like believe what you see. You're going to want to do some digging to make sure that that bit's in there. As for your question, what was the question again? What sort of tools can people use to find yes, out what yes, they're yes, yes. looking for? Great question. And I, I use these tools every single day. So what I would recommend is Keywords Everywhere, which is a Chrome extension. And the benefit of that is it allows you to look up search volumes for certain keywords on Google, on YouTube, and then also on Amazon and a few other search engines, but I only use it for YouTube. And you can actually get into the mind of a potential customer or viewer and literally do exactly what we're saying right now, but actually get data that speaks to how popular that may be. And then use that to then dictate whether you should make the video or not. But mm. what I would say to that is a lot of people make the mistake of this. They see something that is incredibly often searched and yeah. then they're like, oh, I'm going to make that. But if you're brand new, you're a very small fish in this pond. And it's not likely that you're going to rank in that unless you're in a very unsaturated niche on YouTube. So for example, I have one client, he's like, oh, my, my channel is way too small to rank for this keyword that he's trying to target. But I 
could see that there was such a small supply of content that I knew that he had an opportunity to rank for it, even though it was super competitive, we got him to do it. And it was a huge breakthrough video for him. So everything is definitely circumstantial and based on the specific situation that you're in. But I would say that keywords everywhere is a massive, massive tool to at least get some feedback and data to what you think you want to make. As I said, other things that I would do is I use TubeBuddy and then vidIQ, and that's more for the optimization stuff actually on the video, so the metadata and the tags and things of that nature, and they just make things a lot easier. And then TubeBuddy, the big tool that I love there is because I mentioned the importance of the click-through rate, so what motivates them to click. So you can actually conduct split tests right through TubeBuddy, trying different things out to try to get the best formula that's gonna lead to a high productive video with a lot of clicks, and then ideally if it's a good video, a lot of watch time. Amazing. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that we get those in the show notes because again, it's not just make some videos and put them on YouTube. It's not just make some posts and put them on Instagram. Like this is business. We have to actually strategize and understand what we're doing. And we really need to focus on, you know, one, two channels that we do well uh, and not just try and put content everywhere. Like content is important, but there has to be strategy behind it. Like one of my mentors, Gary Vee says, you know, you got to be everywhere. That's true when you have a business that has a team and the capacity to produce things and you're actually thinking about it. But as you know, a small healthcare business, you need to focus on one, maybe two channels that you do really well and that you're planting seeds for the long term because the number of people who look back and and then think, great, I'm going to jump into blogging now because it seems like a good idea. It's like, no, don't try and jump into blogging now. Because yeah. it, it may work, but it's at the wrong side of the curve. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so social media and Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that, that's the stuff that we need to be getting into now. Because you're going to look back in five years and think, you know, I should get into should this now. That. And they are yeah. on the wrong side of the curve. And so it's not about necessarily being an early adopter and jumping into Snapchat and TikTok. Like I had someone on the show who chiropractor doing ridiculously well with TikTok. But, you know, that can be great. But some of these platforms that are going to be around for a long time, we need to be really kind of putting our footprint out there. And I think YouTube is yes. a big part of that because more and more people are becoming disillusioned with the standard healthcare system. More and more people are becoming more independent and looking for answers themselves. And we need to be part of that conversation. Now, a lot of my clients obviously, and listeners are brick and mortar clinics. They have a location and mm-hmm. they can only see people within like a 10 mile radius of their clinic. Yeah. Does that matter? And how can you make YouTube work more effectively for local businesses versus ones that are on the internet worldwide? Yeah. So I would say that doesn't matter because there's still eyeballs still have value regardless of, of how you're getting them, especially when they're in a targeted way. So mm-hmm. for that approach, I would say you would want to kind of mesh what's generally popular or in demand on the platform to allow you to become an authority figure within this space because then you're going to become the unquestioned name for anybody in that area because not only are you the professional you're also the youtube professional which holds with it a lot of weight and authority there Mm -hmm. so i would combine that and then also targeting specific for that region because you can keyword target specifically for where you live because there's chances are there's people searching for that in Google or in YouTube and YouTube videos can rank in Google search. So if you're the only one who makes a video speaking to a search term that somebody may be looking for in that actual area, you're going to be what shows up and that could be a potential customer. Obviously it's not going to be a 10 because not a lot will be searching for it, but for anybody that does, you want to be who shows up. So I would say there's absolute value, even if you are a local business from both perspectives, through building authority as well as building like a client machine that runs on autopilot. Yeah, the guy I mentioned before with TikTok, he's getting something like three to five new clients a week from TikTok. Wow. It's crazy. And obviously, he's a local practice and he's got people exactly. all over the world following him. But you have to remember that 
there's things that start to happen that are hard to understand. Like he's now got consistent clients from that. He's also got authority. He's also got the ability to nurture clients better. So it's not just how do I get people in, but if you're a top rated YouTuber in your industry or you're recognized, at least that opens up opportunities to be on other shows and you can quickly go up to local people, local businesses and say, hey, I've got 5,000, 10,000 followers on YouTube. Let's do something. And they go, yeah, sure. And now there's this opportunity that presents. Secondly, clients, when they find out, because you're obviously going to start telling them, hey, I'm on YouTube, I've got these videos. It's a great place to nurture people, which helps with conversion, helps with referrals, retention, all good things come from having content that's valuable and having authority. 100 yeah. percent. i could not agree with that more people love to share whenever they come something that's out of the norm so if you're the doctor that's on youtube or instagram and even if you don't have a huge following that's not that important you don't need a massive following the fact that you're there and have a following of any kind is still out of the ordinary at the given time so that's going to be spoken about and it's going to do good things for your business yeah i think one other thing i want to add to this is there's a big difference between online health influences uh, who are huge and local businesses doing this stuff. You don't have to be the million subscriber influencer in the nutrition space and think, oh man, I can't do that because I'm competing with this person. Because your audience, I promise you, does not know who they are because the world is large and often who they're going after and who you're going after are completely different. And it's just about, again, putting your, your footprint in, in in your area and you are that influencer in your area with what you're doing. That's all that matters. So look at it in terms of how do I influence my community through the content that I provide? How do I influence my audience, my clients and build value for them rather than trying to, you know, think in my head, I can't do this because that person's already got this many followers or they're already, everyone talks about nutrition. So how am I going to compete? Because Mm -hmm. your uniqueness is you, your uniqueness is your area, your insight, what you do. And the fact that people can come to your clinic and see you, whereas most of these people are just making videos and you can't actually work with them. They're untouchable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, that's a huge reason that I hear that a lot of people aren't on socials because they look at these people, these influencers or whatever you would like to coin them, and they see that following number and they think, oh, I can't touch that. That's not your measure of success. There are people and channels that have a thousand, a few thousand subscribers that are making more than some channels that have millions because they're a business entity that has something to sell and something and yeah. people to serve. So there's a huge distinction. So don't let what your view of success is be dictated by anything else other than how it improves your business. Yeah. hundred percent. I've got one last question for you. What's one thing that health professionals should be doing right now this week to help grow their businesses? I would look at the few major social media platforms and pick one and start. That'd be my biggest advice. So I would look at Instagram from either a paid or an organic perspective. I would look at YouTube And another one that I may want to look into, depending on your clientele, would be LinkedIn. LinkedIn's organic reach is extremely high, and there's a lot of different content styles that work very well there that are probably the easiest to make. Like written word works very well there. Short little punchy pieces work very well there because the algorithm is still that, that organic reach is still very, very high. So I would say go look at those three and dive into one and become the person in your area or in your industry that lives there and has great success there. I'm going to add to that, that if you don't start a YouTube channel after this, this episode, you're crazy. So you need to go and start a YouTube, start yes. a YouTube channel. Let us know where our audience can connect with you online. For sure. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Had a blast here. Uh, it was a treat to speak with you. You can find me on my YouTube channel at just Ben Levitt. It's my name. So B-E-N-L-E-A-V-I-T-T. And then I'm on Instagram at Ben Levitt underscore. That's probably the best place to reach me if you're looking to connect with me personally, or if you're looking to speak a more of a business perspective, my email is attached to both of those as well.
Amazing. Thank you so much, dude. This was an awesome episode. I've learned a lot uh, and I know that our audience has as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.